0: So here we go, from the rookery end, Watford uh, having beaten Tottenham 2-1, and our third, no, joy, joint top uh, in the Premier League. My name is John, uh, with me is Colin. Good afternoon. And Jason. Hello there. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so we've just left Rookery's Road. Uh, this is going to be our take on, on what was... I, I, I just did not expect that. Not just before the game, Colin, I'd expect it at half-time. At half-time... Where were you in your head?
1: I was thinking a one-nil defeat to Tottenham. I thought we defended really well, but we hadn't really shown a lot going forward. We'd we'd got the ball up there occasionally, but their defence is so mean. Over the last two or three seasons, they can see normally they can see the least or the or the level least goals uh, of any team in the in the league, and I, I just couldn't see how we were we were going to unlock them. Really, we we we. We hustled and bustled a bit, but we, we did defend well. We were solid, tactically set us up to, to be tight, and, and he brought Hughes and Pereira in quite narrow alongside Capu and uh, Decore, so it was difficult for them to get through the middle. So they were they were having to go outside to Trippier and Davis, which would, meant they were less of a threat. They couldn't get Deli Ali on the ball. They couldn't really get Kane on the ball. Who missed a sitter in, the, oh, in absolute sitter, yeah. But nevertheless, you know, we, we we hung together, and I think that it shows a real team spirit. Yeah. And I think last season we 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 would have collapsed.
0: So the the they did, we did go one behind. Colin's uh, premonition did come true. What, yeah, Spurs did score a goal. Well, actually, technically they didn't score a goal. We scored it for them, Jason
2: we did it was a bit unfortunate I think um, we were a bit upset that there was a, a free kick I think went against us where uh, I think just one just one Jason before the goal. I think, go, think Decore breathed on uh, one of their midfielders I can't remember who it was <laughs> and, uh, and the guy fell over and got the free kick and it, so it was probably the second phase out of that so I'm not sure if we have a valid complaint there or not um, but they yeah they came out pretty much the, the same as they played in the first half we sat back a bit deep still didn't Push as high as we thought we might. We thought we might push a bit higher. Second half didn't happen. We sort of stayed stayed back a bit. They caused a few problems at the, at the back. Uh, Lucas Moore then got the cross in, and it. I think it must have hit to Corey's hand because there was a shout for handball, it was, wasn't there, from the away fans? And yeah, Foster. Well, <coughs>
0: wasn't wasn't expecting it, was he? And I think it just beat him at the near post. So Spurs didn't, didn't score against us. Just so everyone's clear on that. <laughs> uh, but then our goal goes in, um, yes, and so, so. and it's Troy Deeney. Um, not from a penalty, and this is this is this is good.
1: It's very good. It's a brilliant delivery from the corner, uh, and he just gets his nut on it. And he just wanted it a bit more than everyone around him, I think. Uh, and in it goes. And then we make a substitution, which is which I have to say did surprise me somewhat because I thought well, one all, maybe bring on a midfielder, maybe bring on Semmer bring Hughes into the middle, or bring on Chalabar for for Gray. But instead, he takes off Gray and he brings on Isaac Success, and it looked like a pre-planned substitution, which perhaps you might have a think about when we've just scored. But he goes, no, no. That's the chap I want on the pitch, and I have to say uh, all credit to Isaac's success because we came on. He was a terrible nuisance. <laughs> he used his strength and his physicality, but also his desire. Yeah. I mean, he's a new—he's a, he's a whole new player for us. Uh, he was brilliant uh, on Wednesday. I uh, will talk about that later. But he, he came on and he—he he actually was a, enabled us not to just constantly go back. And it was like a 20-minute onslaught while we waited for them to score the winner. Uh, uh, so, uh, I, I, although I was surprised at that substitution, uh, in, in, in it worked quite well for us.
0: And the third, uh, the second, the third goal of the game, Watford's second. Uh, Colin's daughter Florence uh, points out that uh, both our goals came from players that played for us in the championship. So the second goal, uh, second Watford goal, came from Craig Cathcart.
2: Yeah, and both set pieces as well. Yeah, the uh, the corner came in. it? I think. Um Pereira did a little dummy run.
0: No, 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 He just walked over it. It was really like a little, goes, I'm going to take it. No, I'm not. He walked over it. And, and like, everyone's going, where are you going? But all of a sudden. Exactly. Yeah, everyone was watching Pereira. It was all part of
2: the plan. No one was watching Kafka. Stolen at the near post. Criminal goal to concede. But yeah,
0: another very well executed set piece. But you, you talked about, you know, the the reaction, I suppose. And that's the, the really healthy thing I think we can take from this game. Even if, let's they got a last minute goal. But actually, the way that Watford reacted to going one down was immense. It reminded me a little bit of when Chelsea got their goal back. Yes. You know, that, that, that moment at home last year.
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, um, and I think Javi has, has done really well with us at home. Uh, I think we've taken more points from home in, in the same period as Manchester City. And I I think that's all going to be under the radar. I think we've really realised how well we've been playing and how, well, we haven't always been playing well, but how many good results we've got at home. And and you're absolutely right. The ambition, once we went behind, in effect, it was the worst thing they could have done to us because it, it, it sparked us into life. Uh, and suddenly we were doing all the things that we like to do normally which we weren't doing because we were playing Tottenham and it was like oh my god look at all their threats and we've got to we've got to be tactically strong and we've got to be narrow and we've got to be obdurate and we got to we... but suddenly it was like well let's just do what we do and we got the ball forward uh, uh deliveries this season have been fantastic I don't know how many assists that is now but uh, yeah I mean you know it was it was a great response as you say a bit like the Chelsea one like we're not going to lose this game and uh uh, yeah, we've come back and it's. A, I think we deserve those three points I really do
0: uh, Colin's already mentioned Isaac's su- success but you know Troy Deeney got the man of the match it, it did feel uh, like a Troy Deeney win you know it did there was
2: a moment and I think it was just before um, he scored the goal where we won the free kick and he turned to the crowd and he sort of encouraged the crowd on I'm fist pumping people <laughs> for those of you watching in black and white um, and <laughs> And, and, and the crowd reacted to it and responded to it and got up and, and yeah and then obviously we scored from the, from the set piece and the rest is history and as, as soon as he headed it I think we're sitting at the right angle aren't yeah. we as soon as he headed it you could see that was going where Vaughan wasn't going to get to it right in the corner a brilliantly executed header
1: straight in the bomb corner one all, brilliant off we go momentum 2-1 game 1 I can't imagine what Tottenham fans are feeling like they must they must be wandering back to Watford Junction Station, although it's no use to them. Because <laughs> London Euston's closed. But um, thinking, how have we lost that game? I mean, how have we drawn that game? How have we not won that game? I mean, they must be. They, they've, there's things for them to think about because they, they were poor. They, those are goals that you don't expect that defence to concede. Really, set pieces. Normally, they're very good. They, they clear their lines really well. Uh, but today, they they just got found out a little bit because we got to the ball just that. You know, it's only a half second, isn't it? A quarter of a second quicker than them, and bang. Yeah.
2: 2-1 you consider, when you consider they, they were playing three at the back so they had Alderweire out um, Davison Sanchez and Jan Vertonghen all on the pitch and they couldn't defend two set
0: pieces that, that's bad from their point of view
1: but who cares <laughs> who cares
0: <laughs> the, uh, with any sort of uh, things to, to learn from I suppose yeah, we've, 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 it's, it's our fourth win it's the fourth game we've played against four different teams it's the first time we've played what you would define as the top six team one of the big boys is there anything like you can sort of take away that you want us to sort of develop from or still areas that we need to 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 move on to we are a 90 minute perfect uh, team not just the second half
1: I think there are there are I think today we we played like the small team for the first 65 minutes until they scored or 55 minutes whatever it was we played like the smaller team um, which is probably good tactics because they have got a lot of very good players on the pitch but I, I think there is something to be learned and say well you know let's let's play our football we were able to do it up at Burnley. Came out very hard at the beginning. Came up very hard after. The, uh, came on very hard after half-time. We scored our three goals within about ten minutes of the start of each of those halves. Uh, and today we were more cautious. But you know, m- maybe that was the right thing to do. We did that against Palace, and we got a result against them as well. So I just, uh, I'm beginning to really think that Havi is a very, very intelligent football coach, and that he tactically is uh, is able to see where the threats are kind of nullify them, and then later in the game, start to exploit the opposition's weaknesses, and I think, today we were a bit, you know it's not lucky, but we got two corners, or a free kick in a corner and we were, we scored two goals, on another day they would have been headed away and yeah. we'd have lost 1-0, but nevertheless, we were always in that game yeah. we were never not in it, but maybe as the season progresses, we'd like to see perhaps not against the top six sides, but Against uh, perhaps some of the teams that are more around us, that we come out and we play a little bit Colin, more. Colin, the, the, the teams <laughs> around us at the moment yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, we're top, I, we're joint top. So I just had an image of Jose Mourinho sitting, and he's going, oh, my next game, Watford. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the, the, yeah, you know, there was, I think, Pereira didn't have his, his best game, Jason, um, definitely near the end, looked really tired, looked really, literally really, heavy legged. I think, I
2: mean, and he's up against probably one of the, the best right-backs slash wing-backs in the Premier League in Kieran Trippier, who's always caused us trouble, always causes us problems. Uh, and we've seen how good he was over the summer with England at the World Cup. Uh, and he's really, really sort of starting to develop himself. I seem to be talking a lot about the Spurs players, I don't know why. Um, and so, so Roberto's focus today was probably slightly different and yeah. that he had to, to worry a lot more defensively, uh, like Colin said, he was probably having to play a lot more narrow than perhaps he uh, he has done recently, uh, and just yeah, just sort of focus on that side of the game. We all, I think, the whole team were sort of involved in defending and sort of sitting a lot deeper than usual and concentrating on more on that aspect of the game than we have done in previous teams. But the thing with the, with the players we got on the pitch, we've had the same eleven all the way through. It means that when we are playing teams that we might end up having around us when we do have a bad run, if that ever happens. Um, we, we've still got those two strikers on the pitch and we can play that four four two, 2 where we can use the attacking strengths of that team and, and play tactically differently and, and cause them problems and not be so defensive.
1: Yeah, and I've got a couple of things. I think the same goes for Hughes. I, I think once Delafoe comes back, we'll, we'll get more out of Hughes. I thought he, he was a bit peripheral today. Again, partly because he was having to play narrow and he's having to think about defending. But we, We're not getting as much out of him out wide on the right as we, as we tend to get out of him when he's playing centrally. The other thing I wanted to say uh, is that Andre Gray is a different player this season from last season. He may not be banging goals in for fun, but my God, he worked hard today. And he he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that because he's up there on his own. Deany's a bit deeper. That he covered. They, they all. I mean, to be fair, they all covered every. They covered every blade of grass. But I thought Andre Gray was excellent today, and he, and he rightfully got his standing ovation when he when he was substituting.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the Rookery end.
1: So we, we we
0: walk away from uh, Vicarage Road uh, off to the Palace Theatre for the uh, the latest uh, Tales from the Vicarage live uh, event. Uh, we're hoping to record a podcast and uh, interview the boys that uh, are going to be there, and that we're out late in the week. Um, <clears throat> but we had a game at Reading uh, in the Carabao Cup, uh, which was uh, a win two uh, 0 for Watford. Uh, goals? Uh, well, let's we'll get to the second goal. But Jason, we saw eleven changes today. The same eleven started as has always started the, the Premier League this year. But um, some changes and some new players particularly we got to see. Um, biggest one at, at the back, I say biggest, he's a fairly tall chap, uh, Ben Wilmot. How did how did he come across for, for you? He really impressed me. Um, he actually started, he, he sort of lined up in
2: midfield uh, alongside Chalaba. Uh, and it looked like we started 4-4-2, but very quickly... Have he changed it? They were playing two up front, uh, and I think he looked at that and thought, right, okay, we'll go three, and then um, play with wing backs. So he moved Wilmot into sort of into the middle of the uh, of the of the two centre backs, either side of him, um, and he sort of played almost uh, almost a sort of sweeper role. And his reading of the game was superb, whilst Reading weren't great. When they did threaten, when they when they did look like they could, they were sort of making a, a decent through ball, a decent pass. Wilmer always seemed to be there to snuff out the danger, and it was a, a really assured uh, performance from a centre back. Who, let's remember, he's playing against the Championship side here, and he's spent all of his career playing in uh, in League Two. So, he sort of, he, he sort of stepped up two divisions with, with that first game for Watford, and yeah, and he looked really impressive.
0: Um, he could. Um get a, a, a picked as any player could get picked and of course you, you want to say normally you know what uh, Ben um, you, you know you're still 18 um, but you're not really going to play in the Premier League but would you
1: Colin oh yeah definitely I mean I, I haven't seen such a commanding performance from such a young man at the back I mean uh, uh, Jace is absolutely right he, when he dropped behind like a sweeper he, he read the game really well he also when he got the ball at his feet he could bring it out it, 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 in, a, in a really quite an impressive way, he was. He was physically strong. He seemed really confident in himself as well. He, there was no. There was no sense of a kind of ingenue performance. He was like, he just had presence on the pitch, and and you can't really coach that. It's, it's got to be in you. Uh, and so once he dropped back into the three, he uh, he protected the other two. He either he was either behind them or he came forward and he played in front of them and bringing the ball out and linking up with Chalabar and and Quina. and yeah. No, it was it was a, it was a top performance. So I, I was sort of not entirely expecting, but thinking quite possibly could have been on the bench today.
0: Mm, Yeah, well, I'm sure we will see more of him. And I think we will see more than I think we were expected. Uh, Domingo Quina. I can't say his name unless I put the accent on. Um, In midfield with the returning Nathaniel Chalabar. Um, How were those two as a pair and and, and Domingo in particular?
1: Well, I mean, again, he's 18 years old and uh, we snaffled him on deadline day from West Ham. This is a boy that was at Chelsea. Uh, who had a lot of interest from Barcelona and Real Madrid, uh, decided to go to West Ham in order to get game time. This is for people who who, who don't know the history of the the young boy. Uh, He got there, Uh, Bilic was quite keen to use him and then Moyes came in and wasn't. And then Pellegrini's come in and bought a load of players. So he was like, well, his family, I guess, and his agent went, there's no pathway for you here, so let's go to Watford. And what happens is, almost immediately, he gets to start in a League Cup game. And he was supposed to play in front of Wilmot and Chalabar. And then quite quickly, obviously, Wilmot had to drop back because they changed the formation, went to a 3-4-3. And he's playing alongside Chalabar. And what really impressed me about him is not only his, his technical ability, because you sort of expect that if you bought a, a young lad, he's got to be technically good. He wouldn't spend the money otherwise, even if it is only 1.5 million. But what really impressed me was his attitude. He was, he was never more than about six or seven feet well, six or seven yards from Chalabar. Chalabar was telling him, giving him lots of advice, telling him where to go. Uh, and he was, he was harrying players. He was pressing. He was, he was tackling. And he's only tiny. I mean, he's, he's, like, he's, really, he's like Michael Hyde. I mean, he's sort of that height. <laughs> and, uh, and then when he got the ball, there's the thing about players who are good is when they've got the ball, two things happen. One of two things happen. Either the opposition crowd them in order to get the ball off them because they know they can, or they step away from thinking, I'm not going to go in because he'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> and Reading, was, as soon as he got the ball, they were like, oh, step back. So he, he found that he was starting to get more and more time on the ball, and uh, eventually he got too much time on the ball and lashed it in <laughs> from 25 yards. And it, it was a sort of cherry on the top, but even if he hadn't scored that goal, it was a hell of a performance. And it's, he's just, he's one for the future. And I, I, again, I think he'll be involved this season I think we'll see him certainly in the Cups but I think he may he may get substitution minutes uh, in the Premier League as well because he's he's clearly got that ability the attitude the fitness you know yeah he was, it was terrific it was great it was great when a, a youngster comes on isn't it and yeah. plays well
0: uh, Messina Jason um, one of our Navarro both played uh, at the left and the, and the right at the back how, how those do boys come across you know we've friends in Spain sort of saying great things about, about them and uh, about Navarro can you see them? Are they, you know, from the performance that you saw? Are they the reason why we've got a bit of a lift in Holabas? Because you know he's got some good competition.
2: Potentially, um, I think. First of all, I think Messina is definitely built like a, a Premier League fullback. He's a he's a big old fella, and he's good in the air as he is. Sort of uh, playing the, the typical fullback on the floor. Um, I think they were both of them were probably a little bit surprised early on in the game. Probably expected a little bit more time on the ball and not used to the. Uh, the rush and uh, of the uh, of the championship, so to speak, um, the opposition in mind. But once yeah, once the game got going, they they sort of settled into the game and and so sort of, I think what we remember as a whole is that you had 11 players there that obviously the first time they've all played together as a side, their first competitive fixture. Um, and and you didn't really see that. It didn't really sort of come out. They were sort of very comfortable. Uh, and they, yeah, they looked pretty solid. Like I say Messina. Big fella, strong in the air, and I think that's really important. I think you see that in a lot of Premier League uh, fullbacks, fullbacks these days, and I think he's got—he certainly got the, the build to cope with the Premier League. Obviously, playing up against Premier League opposition will be a different matter. So, it'll be interesting to see if he does get his chance. I'm sure he will when Jose gets suspended. Um, <laughs> how he how he can com- uh, how he copes with the Premier League,
0: um, and also Colin, the return of or not the return of first time we've seen him for a substantial number of minutes. Poodle, Gomez, uh, Kiko, uh, and Chalabar coming back back as well. Lovely seeing them, and and they're part of that strong performance, even though they weren't the glamorous new shiny boys.
1: Yeah, no, they definitely were. And I think what was really impressive was the way that Javi had set them up. Uh, apparently in his interview he just said that he went into the dressing room and told all the players he'd, he'd made these 11 changes, he told them look you don't need to impress me, you don't need to do more than you normally do, just do what you do in training, he said I know how good you are just do that and it was reflected in the performance because there was a high tempo and normally when you change that many players it becomes a bit cautious or a, a, a bit hesitant no one's quite sure where everyone is but this performance was very fluid and there was lots and lots of uh, high intensity, lots of good passing, lots of running, lots of and really overran Reading I mean Reading were awful so it's not entirely easy to know how good a performance it was because they were really abject but yeah it's great to have Chalabar back there have been times in the last year when I really started to think are we ever going to really see him again because if you split your kneecap in half it's very hard I think to, to put your kneecap back together and be an elite sportsman you can get back to normal life but can you really trust it um, and we saw him again today as well. Came on, so he's obviously he's obviously getting there, but we won't see the best of him probably till October, November. No,
0: you so want you want to protect him a little bit in terms of yeah. his return, not not push him too much.
1: Of course, but it, but it was nice. And Kiko and Semmer and Isaac's success up front. We should mention Isaac's yeah. success in that game because again he was a, he was a terrible nuisance, and he scored a really nice goal. He 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 had to sprint to get to Messina's pass, and he took a little deft touch on his right, yeah. which took him past the keeper and, and put it in with his left. I've just been delivered some chips, which is very nice. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so all round, it was, it was a really good evening out. And, it, 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 you know, the last three seasons, are, we've been awful in that cup. Lost to three uh, championship sides. I mean, Preston. Uh, lower, Gingham, a little at least lower than us, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, Bristol City. So this was, this was uh, it gave me a lot of confidence. I just thought, here we've got 11 players here who haven't played in the Premier League yet. And they look really good. <laughs> so we've got all this depth that everyone's saying we haven't got. It looks like we have got it.
2: I think what helped as well. We sort of talk about yeah, the, the previous three seasons where we've uh, we failed quite miserably in the League Cup, um, and the latter two of those were were both home games, both which I went to, Jing and Bristol City, and the atmosphere was quite flat, and it wasn't a great game. I think it actually helped us playing away from home. The fact that we took two and a half thousand fans. To Reading for a, for a League Cup tie. That, that's amazing work from the fans. And the atmosphere was superb right from the off. We, we probably had almost as many away fans as there were home fans in there, and we were the ones making all the noise. Um, especially Colin, who I, I, I moved, I was on the far left of the away fans in the first half, moved to the far right in a second. I could see down below Colin jumping up and down, <laughs> leading the singing. Uh, <laughs> uh, with the with the rest of the Watford fans, and it was yeah, it was a, it was a great evening, very enjoyable, uh, not too stressful again, no sort of no sort of worries or concerns from the opposition, and, and just yeah, just a, a good night of watching Watford.
0: Well, the next time we might see a lot of those players again. Will be somewhere. We're not quite hundred percent sure where. Is it definitely going to be Milton Keynes, or is it
1: tentatively going to be Milton Keynes? Oh, I think it's a disgrace. It's terrible. I think if Tottenham Hotspur, if Tottenham Hotspur can't fulfil the fixture either at their own ground or the ground that they've been using, they should reverse the fixture. Yeah. And the EFL should tell them, no, no, you can't just pick any ground in England and say, well, we're going to play it there because we don't want to hand it over to Watford. It, honestly, it's, it, I mean, they're a big club. They'll go to the EFL, they'll sit in the committee room, they'll say, well, this is why and this is why, and, here's, you know, and, 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 and I suspect they'll get what they want. But it's clear to me that the game should be at Vicarage Road. They can't fulfil the fixture. You could even argue that we should get a bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, after today, they definitely will get, get some sort of quick uh, well, return. Well, I'll us, tell you what, but it's... will they put
1: the team in? Who knows? It's going to be very interesting. Who, what? It's going to be very interesting to know what team they put out in that game. Now, having lost to us, will they put a slightly stronger side out because they won't want to lose again and get knocked out by the team they've just lost to, or will they just? I mean, they'll be playing Champions League football by then, so. The chances are they're going to play their kids. If they play their kids, there's a good chance we'll, we'll get through.
0: Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, so, uh, Carabao Cup, success. Eyes success. I still love that. Um, yeah. I had to get it in. Uh, and yeah, the, the depth of our squad is a joyful thing this season. A podcast by Watford fans, for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. So, Colin, we, we know, we, we've known Harry for a while now, but it certainly feels a little bit different this year, and it's definitely because he's had a whole summer and there's some continuity. But what particularly out of these first four games where we've seen Watford win all four games, let's just, <laughs> just say that one more time, where we are joint top of the Premier League, what are your feelings about
1: where he's been doing differently this year to last year do you think? Well when he arrived the the two things we knew about him was the two things that were in the scouting report about him was that he was tactically he had good tactical nous he studied the opposition and he was good at working out how to beat them and that he was a good man manager when he turned up the club was in a mess wasn't it really it was a crisis almost Uh, we'd lost 11 out of 14 you know we were in danger of getting sucked into a relegation battle and he he fought fires and he got some players back from injury and he just got us over the line basically but this season having played the same 11 for four games which I don't think has happened I don't know when the last time that happened I cannot think
0: certainly not not the Pozzo era
1: that's for sure what's been interesting is the way that he's changed tactics so the tactical side of his Skills, if you like, as a, as a head coach, I think we've really had a good look at those. So we play Brighton. They've got two giant centre backs. So he tells the Corre not to cross the halfway line. Pushes the. Uh, Holabas and Yamat forward to help Pereira and Hughes in order to go round the side because the Brighton centre-backs just wouldn't split. They just wouldn't. They would always stay inside the goalposts. Whereas you see uh, Cabacelli and Cathcart, they often split. to drops in if we're being threatened down the wings and, and the full-backs have, are, over, are outnumbered. But they wouldn't do that. And the second goal really proved that because Holabas tipped it in, Pereira got the ball and he had the freedom of the penalty box because the centre-back wouldn't come out. And so he scored the second goal. Then we go to Burnley, different tactics, same 11, right. They're tired, hit them hard, first five minutes. We get a goal, unfortunately we concede. Second half, Dyche is thinking we've had the best of that 30 minutes before half-time. So they're probably going to sit back and try and absorb and it's away from home. No, Abby says, just go get them. And within 10 minutes we're 3-1 up and the game's over. Uh, Then we play Palace and you think, well, we're at home, we should attack them. What does he do? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Drops everyone back, keeps it tight, a bit like today, because the threat from Palace is down the sides, they've got good players, absorb, frustrate, nullify, then hit them on the break.
0: And in some I way, mean, the I weird mean, thing about that all is that he's doing those changes, but he's doing it with the same players. Exactly. He isn't like, let's change it, he's keeping that solid starting 11, but they are able to adapt.
1: Yeah, exactly right, and, that, and that's what's strange. Normally you change system, you change personnel uh, and it's kind of becomes clear that you've changed your tactics but in, in this instance he's just adjusting things very subtly uh, and putting an emphasis on either going down the wings or keeping tight in the middle or whatever the other thing about him is man management now to be a really good head coach you have to be tactically clever but you have to have good man management skills you've got 24 players and they all want to play and the two players I think that really prove that his man management skills are excellent is Deanie who. Got himself into a bad place mentally last season, and, and unsurprisingly, really, you know, he'd been through the the, the the end of the Kiko era where everything sort of fell apart, the craziness of playing under Walter and then Marco, and then the debacle after that, and now suddenly it's all a bit more settled. He loses, he loses a stone. He's got his love back. For the game, and and I think that that's down to having the other player that he's really had a massive influence on is Kapu, because he's doubled his interceptions, he's doubled his sprints, he's doubled his tackles. Uh, he just looks like a, he's playing. I, I think he's probably playing the best football of his career right now, Kapu, and he was brilliant today.
0: He, and that's the first time he's had one back over on Spurs yeah. since he left there. and He was very happy about that <laughs>
1: indeed. So I think we've got a lot to look forward to with this coach. I hope we he, he hangs around for a bit. I know there was a lot of debate about whether we should stay in the summer. I think they made the right decision, and I think he's, he's proved it right. It's a happy group. We look very motivated. Uh, there's togetherness. And also, if a coach sets you up tactically to do something and it works, the players go, oh, yeah, he knows <laughs> a bit about what's going on, we'll do what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll do it 100%. And they did that today, and it worked really well, I think. And that's why we beat Tottenham Hotspur. 2-1!
2: We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Go-
0: so we're now outside the Palace Theatre before we go in uh, and see uh, Tales from the Vicarage uh, with Adam, uh, Wolf can we see Wolf uh, Les Taylor and Neil Price. Neil Cox. Oh, Neil Cox. Oh, sorry, Neil. Um, we, uh, we, we, let, let's look ahead a bit. We've got a couple of weeks off now. We, we come back. Late Saturday, half past five on BT Sport. Uh, playing Manchester United in crisis. Manchester United. If I'm going to keep going with all the other media people out there, um, what, what what do you want? To, what are we going to see? Do you think from from Harry the choice he makes and, and the players that we, he's going to choose?
2: I don't think it'll be too much different from today. I think we'll 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 stick with the same eleven again, um, and I think the setup will probably be similar as well. I, you can imagine. Manchester United possibly going to be looking to attack down the wings in the same way that Tottenham were. Might see Ashley Young. He had a good game at Vicarage Road last season, as we know, uh, and he might sort of might see Jose sort of using that as a point of attack for them again. Um, so I think yeah, why change why change the starting eleven? That's won four games out of four in the Premier League. I think you stick yeah you stick with the same eleven players and probably will set up the same way. We'll start solid will be hard to beat. That was a problem against Manchester United last year. We conceded early and we were sort of 3-0 down, I think, before you knew it. Um, that won't happen this year. Or at least Javi will try. his damnedest to make sure it doesn't happen this year. Um, so be solid, stay in the game. And then if it's 0-0, nil, 1-0 nil, nil, or 20 minutes ago again, like today, we go for it. We go for it. Let's, let's go and get another three points.
0: The thing is, though, you say don't change anything. And I actually agree completely with it. you. don't change things for changing things' sake. Like, but we've got to start changing things somehow in some way because we've got all these players and uh, you know a Carabao Cup run at this point isn't going to necessarily get Chalibur back fit and match fit and ready to play and we're going to get more midfielders hopefully back he's he's going to it feels like at this point he doesn't have that problem he's got the numbers he needs but he wants to develop these new players into becoming more first choice he wants to make sure these you know returning players are, are, are match fit but it's a problem we want him to have. Yeah. We, we want it to be difficult for him. We want him
2: not to be picking uh, the, the starting 11 by default. We want Delafeu and Chalabar and Cleverly, when he comes back, to have to sort of work hard and prove something in training to try and get back into the side. And we want the starting 11 to play well and continue playing well. We want Capu to keep going beyond August <laughs> so that the other guys just don't get, just sort of walk their way back into the starting 11. It, it, it is tricky for him and it's difficult. And you, it would be easy for us, I think, to say in hindsight, if we then do sort of go on a bad run, or we lose a game where Capoue or Hughes have a bad game, and then say, "Oh, we should have started Chalobah, we should have started Delafield, or whatever," um, but we're not, yeah, we're not in charge. It's, it's those decisions for Harvey to make, and and I think whilst he's already shown that if team if players can play well enough, then he will keep that starting eleven. Not like last season where you had Andre Gray come up with a goal and then he'd be sort of rested the next game. He he, he, he can see he's, he's put his faith in this side. Um, and they are sort of, they're backing that, they're, they're sort of delivering on, on the faith that's, that he's showing them, putting out these brilliant performances. So, yeah, why, why would he want to change it?
0: We'll see what happens, because there's a lot of games still to be played. We've just won four. There'll be more wins, I'm sure. Thank you very much for listening from the Rooker End. Make sure you follow us on uh, social media, at Watford Podcast on Instagram, uh, on... Facebook Foldbook Facebook and uh, on Twitter Uh, and if you uh, do have friends who are Watford fans do say hey have you ever heard From the Rooker End give them a listen and you can do that via FromTheRookerEnd.com Google or Apple Podcasts so thank you very much uh, for listening Uh, and off we go for some uh, an an evening of of Watford love in the Palace Theatre come on you horns